Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. So I made a little bit of an oopsies on yesterday's show when I claimed we were done with team breakdowns. It was brought to my attention astutely on the Twitters by Ernest that we didn't do the heat. Oops. How the hell did that happen? That must have been one of those ones where, like, on a Friday, it had the same 53 wins. It had the same number of wins as somebody else. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll do them next. And then I forgot. It's a long off season. I'm bound to make some kind of dumbass mistake. This is uh, offseason show 64, by the way. 7-7. Hope you made a wish. So, anyway, we will delay... Our uh, Yahoo ADP breakdowns by a little bit longer. Um, I also got a a DM from one of our longtime listeners. Thank you, by the way, with some interesting uh, info on the Yahoo preseason ranks before they shifted them up. Remember how we were like, hey, where's DeMar DeRozan? And he was like number 12 in the current ones. Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't even in their top 50 in the actual preseason. Hey, where's Luca down at like 13 or 14? Yeah, he was number three in the preseason ranks. So they're trying to put one over on you. Um, thank you for that. We'll use those probably for a little bit of comparative analysis, but unfortunately we're going to mostly have to go uh, on ADPs when we get to that, which I guess now is tomorrow. Thought it was going to be today. I was wrong. Anywho, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris. As always, I want to start the show by thanking everybody that continues to listen throughout the offseason. You guys are crazy. But I got to tell you, it does make doing the show substantially easier when I know that you guys are out there listening throughout the offseason. There were a lot of, what is this, it's 2022? I think this is our fifth offseason of the show now. I don't know. I've honestly lost track. But the first, like, well, few <laughs> off-seasons handful of you a couple hundred that stuck around and then when it was like oh look it's over a thousand in the offseason still on a per day basis per game basis we have good per game numbers there uh but it is really spiked here this season in particular this offseason so thank you guys it's it's amazing to know that when we do a show it's going out to a good chunk of you and i gotta tell you too i hope that you guys appreciate that i was doing them every day even when it was only a few of you listening uh, because there are plenty of times in the offseason where I'm like, man, I could use a day off right now. <laughs> nah, 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 we good. We good. Uh, anyway, so it continues. The fun continues. It continues to be far and away the most listened to offseason, uh, and it's not close. It's not close. And it does seem like this month is actually going to be higher than last month, although we'll kind of see how everything shakes out the rest of the way. As far as the Miami Heat is concerned, I don't know. We going singular or plural on that one? What do you guys like? Doesn't matter. As far as the Miami Heat is concerned, Jimmy Butler, just a quick glance on a per game at this last season. Jimmy Butler was number 14, just played in 57 ball games. however. Bam Adebayo, number 38, played in 56 games, although he was much, much better when he came back from his injury. Final, whatever you want to call it, two, three months of the year when he came back, Bam was more like a late second. As opposed to pre-injury, he was more like, Top 50, top 60. Kyle Lowry somehow was number 62 on a per-game basis last year, which 
if you watch any Heat games, that would surprise the hell out of you because it didn't seem like he was all that actively engaged. But at the end of the day, uh, he was like a very, very wimpy version of Chris Paul in that he didn't take many shots, but the assists were decent. The free throw percent was solid. Chris Paul, obviously, much better field goal percent guy. Steals were okay for Kyle. Shoots more threes than CP3. Gets the rebound. Rebound's okay for that point guard spot. Heat were pretty good at gang rebounding this last year. But you know he's not playing in that many ball games. He's older and hasn't ever, I mean, maybe not ever, but certainly not over the last half decade, has not really been a guy you could trust to get in there every single game. And frankly, almost nobody on the Heat did this year get into every single ball game. Duncan Robinson played in 79 of their 82 regular season games, and he was terrible in them. Played only 26 minutes. That's been trending down as they've been able to cultivate other guys that can do what he does, but other things too. Yeah, I mean, he's always going to be a really good three-point shooter, but we saw Max Struess kind of emerge this last year. They don't have P.J. Tucker anymore, but he saw pretty good minutes. Caleb Martin emerged, and they re-signed him. Tyler Harrow, obviously, now kind of starting to come into his own a little bit. By the way, Tyler stayed inside the top 100 this year, number 90. Although he does have the general health instability of some of his teammates to thank for that. When the Heat were fully healthy, which wasn't often the opportunity for Tyler Hero was a bit lessened. Over the course of the entire season, he averaged about 21 points, a little under three threes, five boards, four assists, 0.7 steals, 0.1 blocks, really good free throw shooter, and, you know, slight negative at the foul line. He actually finished the season better than that because his field goal percent was pretty good over the last two months of the year, but I think that'll fluctuate a bit. kind of on a month-to-month basis. But the reason I bring all of this up is, number one, Hero's on the last year of his rookie deal. He'll be a restricted free agent after this season. Heat brought in uh, rookie Nikola Jovic. This is going to cause us all kinds of issues this season. Struess is back. Gabe Vincent's back. Caleb Martin signed his deal. Duncan Robinson is going to be dramatically overpaid for the next four years. Lowry's still there on 28 mil. Bam's still there on 30. Jimmy's on 38. His salary actually kicks up quite a bit next season. But all that to say, the Heat are pretty hamstrung now. Uh, They brought back Dwayne Dedman, if I'm not mistaken, also on kind of a low money deal and then adding in Caleb Martin. And like they're all the way up there near 140 mil. So... In terms of fantasy stuff, and maybe this is why I forgot we hadn't done the Heat, it's like it's just there. Your only questions with the Miami Heat, I think, well, okay, I guess there's a couple. First, which Bam Adebayo do you get? Do you get the one for the first half of the season or the one post-injury? Question number two, does he get back to being Iron Man Bam, or is that done now? Are we done with Iron Man Bam? Because he came back, by all accounts, kind of right on time from his injury and then basically played every day the rest of the way. I mean, you know, odd game here and there he took off, but it wasn't like what we always see with Jimmy Butler where he misses two, three games with a bruised tailbone, a tweaked ankle, a sore knee, a sore elbow, a sore back. There's always something going on with Jimmy. 
And you can blame Tom Thibodeau for that if you want. But either way, he's far enough along in his career where we now know you're not about to get the the weird Jimmy Butler bounce back health season. Those days are done. You might get one that's a little better than this last year. But even that is somewhat questionable. His first season in Miami, he missed 14 games. That was the bubble year. Second season in Miami, he missed 20 games. This year, he missed 25. Between Philly and Minnesota, the previous year, he missed 17. Year before that, he missed 23 in Minnesota. Still made these teams way better. But basically, since he left Chicago, he hasn't come close to finishing a full season. He has been below league average in games played 2017, 18, 19, 20, and 21. Five consecutive seasons. He's been under the league average in games played. Five in a row. So, yes, there's always the outside possibility that this year he magically gets to 70 games played. But at the same time, if we're looking at Jimmy Butler historically, I mean, this is a guy that came into the league in 2011, and his rookie season he didn't play all that much, so you can kind of wipe that one out. But his second year in the NBA, he played 82 games. And then it was down to 67, 65, 67, oh, 76. He had this weird kind of outlier healthy season. He's basically been below league average in games played his entire career. And I love Jimmy Butler because on the Roto side, he tends to get drafted pretty late because of the injury stuff and then tends to overperform that on a per-game basis, which he did again this year. He was getting drafted uh, his his Yahoo pre-rank this season was... Where the hell was he? He was like late second round. I'm trying to figure out where the hell Jimmy Butler... where What the hell was his ADP? Can I find this quickly? I've got it in a notepad document. I probably should have done more with it, but I haven't gotten around to making the Excel spreadsheet yet. Uh, Where are you, Jimmy? Where'd you go? This is really a lot harder to find than when I can just pull it up on a webpage. To quote the great Bob Euchre, ah, I can't find it. The hell with it. I think he was going like around number 20. 18 to 20. And he was number 14 per game. Uh, closed the season kind of slowly for whatever reason. Um, assists were a little lower over that stretch. Steals were a tiny bit lower. Mostly it was field goal percent. That was a little bit down. The beauty of Jimmy Butler is he's more or less going to overperform his his per-game mark. Now, the problem, of course, is that when you draft a guy in the late second round, you're hoping he gets close to league average in games played. And that didn't happen this year. 57 games at top 14 made him number 32 by totals, which is mid-third rounder. So, on that side, like if you drafted him in a head-to-head league, it was a miss. If you drafted him in Roto with a games cap, it's kind of a 50-50. You toss it up, whatever you fill in those other 25 games at his roster slot. Well, Jimmy's a year older, and, you know, he ain't getting any healthier. He's born in 89. He's not that old yet. He'll be 33 uh, about a month before the season starts. But I think, look, if this is a guy that hasn't been healthy his entire career, we can, I think, pretty safely assume. And by the way, that he were the number one seed in the East with Butler missing 25 ball games, So there's just sort of no reason for them to play him every single day. 
he'll go out there and he'll play 42 minutes, 44 minutes a game in the playoffs to try to get him there. Couldn't quite this season. Honestly, just needed a little more offensive help. Tyler Hero missing games in that series was a pretty big deal. Kyle Lowry just isn't the offensive force. And I, you guys can remember, I said it last offseason, everybody's celebrating this Kyle Lowry to the Heat thing. I don't think he really changed their fortunes all that much this year. I said it at the time. He's too old. He's not that guy anymore. He needed to be getting younger at that spot, finding someone young who can get to the rim and finish. Did have, I mean, he can space the floor, so at least there's that part of it. So anyway, on the Jimmy Butler front, uh, I would assume he gets drafted near the end of the second round again this year. Maybe he even slips a little farther. If you can get Jimmy Butler in the third, I think you probably do it. If you can get Jimmy Butler in the second, I don't know. We'll kind of see what other guys are going around him, but I'm leaning towards no at that spot. Bam Adebayo, I have no idea where he's going to go in drafts this year. No clue at all. He was going uh, early, mid-second round, mostly on the shoulders of the fact that he just never missed any ball games. Never. He was the Iron Man of the NBA. So you had this sort of backdrop of, well, even if his per-game numbers slip, which they did, at least we know he'll play 73 games or more. So he'll, he'll push past that by totals, right? Wrong. Wrong. He missed 26 ball games with uh, elbow stuff, as I recall. I mean, it was a few things. There was a knee at the beginning of the year, then the elbow, I think, forced him out for a while. That was the one that was the longer absence. He did score more. Scoring went up. Rebounding went up also from 9 to 10. Scoring went up from 18.5 to 19, so not by much. Blocks a little bit down, steals a little bit up. That stuff is very much a... It'll level off. Assists down, probably because Kyle Lowry was around, although they did get better as the season went on also. That was another thing with Bam, where over the full season, he was at 3.4. Last couple months, he was more like 4. Anyway, it didn't, like, the very beginning, he was at, like, 1.5, and, and then he pulled it up sort of almost immediately when he came back from injury, even a little bit before that. And, of course, you know, the footnote on that is Kyle Lowry is also going to be hurt. But let's not get to Kyle just yet. We're still talking about Bam right now. Bam at a bio over the final three months this year was number 25. 19 points, 10 boards, 3.5 assists, 1.6 steals, 1.6, not but 1.6, 1 block, 57.5% field goal, 75 free throw on a lot of them, which is a shame. Uh, but, you know, at least the number's not that low. And then the turnovers, a little bit on the high side for someone who was averaging five assists per game, but then this year dropped to three and a half. So the turnovers need to be lower for him if the assists are also coming down. As far as just the overall numbers are concerned, I see no reason why they should change substantially. People are going to say, oh, you know, Omer Yurtsevin is coming for his job, or, you know, Golijovic is coming for his... Nobody's coming for Bam's job. If he doesn't get traded, he's the full-time starters minutes guy in the middle for the Miami Heat. He can do things defensively, the very few centers can do in the NBA. And then offensively, he just gets a little bit better every year. I don't know, maybe we see him start to space the floor this coming season. Who knows? Plus, the Heater committed to him for, you know, $130 million over the next four years anyway. So he ain't going anywhere. The question, much like with Jimmy Butler, is what's the cutoff at which this player goes from being someone you'd consider to someone you wouldn't? 
And I think it's relatively close to the Jimmy Butler cutoff, where Butler, you know, is going to miss 15 games at minimum this year, probably more. Without a bio, you don't know that part, but you do know that his per-game numbers are not getting back to what they were before Kyle Lowry came to town, which was Adebayo, the previous year, the 72-game planned season, he was number 19 on a per-game basis with 5.4 assists. That number's just going to be lower, even if everything else stays mostly the same. You go back a few years, he had five assists per game, but his free throw percent was much worse, and he was outside the top 40 at that point. I don't think we go back to a Bam that shoots 69% high volume at the free throw line. I think he's a mid-70s guy now. We can probably kind of etch that in, which likely puts him in the mid to late 20s on a per-game basis. I think we probably see a more durable iteration of Bam Adebayo this coming year, but at the same time, what are the Heat proving during the regular season? There is no reason why anyone on Miami should have to play through even small injuries. They've shown they can win games missing key guys. They did it this last year. They they sort of coasted to the best record in the Eastern Conference. I mean, if this team was even remotely healthy, it's a big if. Although I did just say they won games even when guys were out, and they did. Miami just finds a way. Guys step up. When Jimmy was down... You know, Tyler Hero did more, and Caleb Martin did more, and Max Struess did more, and Gabe Vincent's done more when Kyle Lowry was out. There's always someone waiting in the wings on that bunch. That's not changing. Think about it from a mental standpoint. If you were the number one seed and you flamed out in the playoffs, is your goal going into the next year to be better in the regular season? Heck no. They had home court. They just couldn't do it. They needed Tyler Hero to be healthy. They needed someone else to create because Boston was able to lock in on Jimmy Butler. Cal Lowry's too old to help. Adebayo doesn't have enough versatility on offense to get it done against a really good defensive team like Boston. They needed Tyler Hero. So is that the plan going into this year? Hope that Tyler Hero is healthy in their key playoff series? It might have to be. They brought Victor Oladipo back on uh, what was originally listed as a one-year deal. Now I think it's two. That might have gotten changed yesterday. and It really doesn't matter. Uh, he's never going to be the victor of old, so you don't have to worry about that. You worry about the top four on this team. Butler, Adebayo, Lowry, and Harrow. And where do they end up? And how healthy are they? Kyle Lowry, to me, like, I don't know. He seems like someone who's just going to kind of slowly get worse here. He was number 55 his final year in Toronto. He dropped a little more than half a round in his first season in Miami. By the way, he was number 21 in Toronto the year before that. So it's it's been a pretty precipitous drop-off, but a lot of that's just because he's not the guy handling the basketball anymore. He's moved off ball. I know he still gets his 7.5 assists, but he's not the primary creator on that team. He might be the guy that primarily takes the ball into the front court. But this is Kyle Lowry now. He's a 10-shots-a-game guy who should probably be able to replicate that mostly this coming season. No one on the Heat that's about to take that job, really. But he's also going to probably miss 15 to 20 ball games. What about Tyler Hero? We can kind of hope that he stays healthier. That's one where, like with Bam, there's hope 
that he can go league average in number of games played. He's younger, which is really the only thing you need to worry about there. He's born in the year 2000, which... He's 22 still. That's crazy. Yeah, that was my brain exploding. But he also hasn't really been healthy in his career so far. Missed 17 games the bubble season, 18 games the next year, and then 16 this season. Can we really look at the next year and say, oh, I expect Tyler Hero to only miss 12? No. We've seen nothing to give us that indication yet. It's something you can do. Betting on something you have not seen happen before in the NBA is a way to kind of complicate fantasy basketball. You're going to get them right every once in a while, but most of the time, you're going to get it wrong. You're going to remember the ones where you got it right. Everybody remembers the big wins, and everybody crows about the big wins. That's you always separate the analysts that way. You do not need to be the smartest person in the room to win at fantasy basketball. If Tyler Hero does magically have his first fully healthy season in the NBA this coming season, great. Someone can capitalize on that a little bit. But look at his numbers, though. He, remember, wow, what team were we talking about a couple days ago where we were talking about the plight of the shooting guard's fantasy stat set? Tyler Hero is the name I should have found when we were talking about that. He is the prototypical shooting guard fantasy stat set. Scores a lot of points. Hit some threes. Rebounds and assists are meh. Actually, not horrible for him. Maybe even a little bit slightly better than meh. Low defensive stats, low field goal percent, good free throw number. Turnovers in the middle. Roll it all together. This, by the way, is a dude who took 17 shots a game this last season. Led the team in that department. And was number 90 per game. On 21-5-4 with almost three threes per ball game because people just ignore steals, blocks, and in particular, field goal percent. It matters. It's very hard for shooting guard stat set guys to get up and over the hump without a defensive stat to lean back on. How does Tyler Hero get better? Probably gets to the free throw line a little bit more. 87%er. You can get from 3.3 up near 4. That would be a way to bump his numbers up a little bit. Otherwise, I don't know how he could possibly have the ball in his hands more. Not with the rest of these guys healthy. And by the way, again, this is with Jimmy Butler missing 25 ball games. This, to me, almost felt like a best-case scenario for Tyler Hero in this iteration of the team. And he's doing a bunch of money next year and Lowry's still going to be there and Jimmy's probably still going to be there and Bam's probably still going to be there would they let Tyler Hero get up to 18 19 shots a game with all of those guys around him I doubt it and even if they do how far up the board would that even push him he makes a ton of sense if you're punting field goal percent steals or blocks tons of sense or points league types, where points are sort of heavily weighted. Scoring itself. Volume leagues. He's useful. Nine cat, he's fine. But he's going to be dramatically overrated because he's good in popular categories. Scoring, in particular. He's good in scoring. That's a popular category. So Tyler Hero... Uh... I'd say he's someone you could kind of target in head-to-head because he's pretty reliable at the counting stuff, but then again, 
what if he is? What if your goal for him is to miss 15 games? On the head-to-head side, the only heat that I'm looking at, and this is even a maybe, is Bam Adebayo. Because I do think that if we avoid the catastrophic injury, the one that's six weeks or more, I guess catastrophic would be like a full year. Let's call it the, the medium-large, the, the medium injury that Bam suffered this last year. If you, if you dodge that, Bam will probably beat the league average in games played. If he's just getting his intermittent rest day, he'll probably play in 70 to 73 games. But the big one, the big one that knocks him out for five weeks and blows 15 games off his ledger, that's the one we have to avoid. With the rest of these guys, there is I don't think there's even a plan to get Jimmy Butler anywhere near 70 ball games in a full season. I don't think Kyle Lowry has a plan to get near 70 games. Tyler Hero, there's a plan for it, but I don't know, pretty young guy to have all of these aches and pains already. So basically everyone on the Heat, with the possible exception of Adebayo, is someone you're more assessing in games cap formats because of the health issue. Does Jimmy Butler make the injury, the the risky injury play part of the D-bombs? I don't know. Kind of need to see his ADP first. If it's like 26 or later, yeah, he'd probably make the list. What about Kyle Lowry? Well, again, kind of need to see the ADP. If he's going at like 85 to 100, yeah, I'd probably take him on the old man risky board. And Tyler Hero, there's almost no chance he goes later than 90. People love that stuff. So I'm not even going to worry about it. We'll put him on our list at some point. Rank board, buckets, and so forth. Well, for Game Cap Roto, we're waiting on ADPs on Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Those guys might make the list, depending on how late they're going. Adebayo has a real opportunity to make the board more specifically on the head-to-head side because I do think we see some durability there. I don't think his ADP is going to be late enough, but maybe it will be. Again, just like Jimmy Butler. If he's going like 26 to 36 range, I'd consider it. Again, more so on the head-to-head side because I don't think he really beats that on a per-game basis. Bam's the guy you're hoping beats his value by totals. Jimmy and Lowry are the guys you hope beat their value by per game. And Tyler Hero is the guy that you just assume is going to get overdrafted because he scores 21 points and people don't care about all nine categories. It's impossible. The brain won't allow it. And now we have officially done the Miami Heat. He is stuck with me. I screwed it up. I almost skipped it. Came back. Did it. And tomorrow we actually get into ADP analysis from this last year. How did everybody do? And how much faith should we put in those numbers for next year? And hopefully I'll have time to make up the Excel spreadsheet. Kids are almost better. Surely we'll be okay. I'm Dan Vespers. Shout out baseball and football guys. They're cranking. Check them out too. Thanks for listening again, everybody. Off-season show 64 in the book. 65, wrap up the week tomorrow. Get you set for the weekend. And uh, we'll be doing ADP analysis for probably at least one week, I would think. Anywho, we'll talk to you then. So long, everybody.